when you see snow in the forecast, what are your first thoughts? My personal first thoughts are, oh, yay. No one will be able to get around that has uses wheels to get around for a while, whether that be people who use wheelchairs, people who have, uh, you know, strollers or people who take the bus and have like carts, like anything that requires a wheel or some type of assistive technology. Hey everyone, producer Ben Rangel here. Before we jump into Sam's interview, I want to let you all know that sadly this will be Sam's last official episode with Bridge the City. Now he may be back on as a guest producer in the future, but uh, as of this episode, he is moving on from the team. He will of course continue to do great work here in the city of Milwaukee. And I speak for the whole Bridge the City team when I say we will miss him tremendously. And I know you all, the listeners, will too. On a similar note, you may have noticed that over the past few months, our episodes lacked another familiar voice, Kyle Hagees. Kyle and I started Bridge City over three years ago because we were passionate about Milwaukee and wanted to provide ourselves and others with action steps to make a difference in our community. Both of us are incredibly proud of what our podcast has become and grateful for all of your support over these past few years. Kyle was a visionary leader and excellent producer, but a few months back now decided to formally end his time with Bridge the City. Both Kyle and Sam are still close friends and always welcome back on the pod. We are incredibly grateful for everything they put into the podcast and are excited to continue the great work of bridging the city. Alrighty, let's for maybe the last time, but hopefully not, hear from producer Sam Woods. Thank you, Ben. And yes, the news is true. This may be the last time you hear my voice on Bridge of City for a while. I'll still be in the background doing some editing and we'll once in a while probably hop on to guest host our live show at 104.1 River West Radio every other Wednesday. Um, but in general, I am taking a step back from the podcast. Um, I'll close out this episode with a more formal goodbye. But for now, let's just get to the episode, which is all about snow removal and street accessibility. You may have noticed when we got all that snow in February, how high the snow piled up in and around sidewalks and curb cuts. While for some this represents a minor inconvenience, you know, you have to like walk over some snow and and make sure you don't slip on the ice. Our panel explains how snow on and around the sidewalk represents a serious barrier to mobility for anyone using a wheelchair or that has low vision. As one panelist explains, this trap feeling that a lot of us have felt while quarantining for COVID-19 this last year is similar to the trap feeling someone with a wheelchair or low vision has when snow is in the forecast every winter. The gist of the interview is to take snow removal seriously. It's not a personal chore, it's a civic responsibility. Shovel your sidewalk, make sure your neighbors shovel their sidewalk, and call the city or find some way to clear curb cuts, which are those little ramps connecting the sidewalk with the street at crosswalks. Our panel had other action steps as well, but if you only remember one thing, make it that. Our panel includes Brian Peters, Jason Ostrowski, Harvey Ross, and Lauren Gorzinski, who will all introduce themselves in more detail in the start of the interview in a few seconds. But before I turn it over to them, quick note that as always, if you like what we're doing with Ridge City, please support us on Patreon. This is still just a volunteer project, so your Patreon money goes straight into keeping us on air at River West Radio and financing new equipment. And now, let's talk street accessibility.
My name is Brian Peters. I work at Independence First. My job title is a Community Access and Policy Specialist. I want to clarify something to the listeners. This is Brian. I am deaf and I do use a sign language interpreter. So I will be using this interpreter throughout this conversation. And I have several different hats. Um, I generally cover issues with disability rights, um, ADA, housing and transportation, uh, and whatever else that I need to take on. Hi, my name is Harvey Ross. I'm an independent living coordinator at Independence First. Most of my job duties are focused on um, support group, one-on-one counseling, um, going inside of schools and doing um, workshops with adults and the youth. Hi, I'm uh, Jason Ostrowski. I am uh, currently the chair of the Wisconsin Council on Physical Disabilities, uh, and I uh, also am on several other uh, advocacy groups uh, for disabilities. My name is Lauren Grudzinski. I am a work incentive benefit specialist at Independence First and kind of a lifelong advocate. Wonderful. Thank you all. So just a kind of a little bit of a background on this, on how this episode came to be. Brian and I were talking, oh gosh, I don't even remember, Brian. It must have been uh, a couple weeks ago when we started started talking. Yeah, three weeks about ago. two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. two weeks ago. Um, and at the time, <laughs> a lot less now, but at the time there was a just, we it's like every three days we were getting seemingly like six inches of snow, just more and more and more and more. And um you know, one thing I know is just around where I live in Washington Heights, a lot of the sidewalks weren't, especially just as the fourth and fifth and sixth rounds of snow um, kept coming. I think just like people just didn't, weren't as careful about uh, shoveling their sidewalks and, and especially like uh, to cross the street, there was like huge piles of snow. And it just made me think like, this is just not an accessible sidewalk, right? Like if I was on wheels instead of on feet, I really wouldn't be, I would have a hard time getting around. Um, and so I wanted to, I came to you, Brian, and said, you know, um, is there any, does this sound like a good uh, you know, podcast idea? And you said, yeah, let's, let's assemble a team. And the, here, here we are as the, as the team. So I bring all this up to say is that we, we recently got a lot, a lot of snow. How would you describe the level, and this is a question to everyone, how would you describe the level of sidewalk accessibility uh, where you live? And then how did it get that way? One thing that is my responsibility is to help people with the issues as far as snow and other types of barriers that come up. So one of the things that I appreciate about where I currently live, and I live in Greenfield, is they have a phone app that makes it very easy to file a complaint with the city. Um, If there's any sidewalks that aren't shoveled, for example, um, so I mean, the homeowner is technically responsible or the property owner is responsible to make sure that the sidewalk is cleared. But the closer to the, you know, when you get closer to the curb and oftentimes the problem what happens after the curb is you have that, you have that walk, like where the, the walk, the space between the sidewalk and the curb is the city's responsibility. Right. Right. So, so there's a lot of problems with that space. So I just like to encourage anybody who needs to be able to transport someone or go somewhere, get in touch with your community and make sure that the path of travel is cleared. Um, And obviously, I mean, 
it won't be difficult for a community to make sure that it's going to be difficult for a community to make sure every exact sidewalk is cleared. I mean, that is the ultimate goal, but however, we need to be a little bit more proactive and complain about issues that come up and just make sure that everything is cleared and accessible for everybody. Yeah. um, I live in uh, actually Brookfield. It it butts Milwaukee. There are places where there's not a lot of sidewalks. It, you know, it could be better where the curb cuts are. Um, it's been uh, a little worse than in uh, this year than in, in recent years, I think, probably because uh, we've been hammered uh, pretty pretty bad with this uh, large amount of snow. Um, I do have a problem with uh, with uh, a lot of places like stores and uh, any public settings that have parking lots. Uh, they seem to like to put snow into the uh, disabled parking spots spots and into the uh, access aisles. Um, I, I'm not sure why that they pick um, those particular areas uh, for snowfalls to drop snow, but I've noticed a lot of problems with that and a lot of problems with um, not um, uh, getting off the, the ice off the ramps. Yeah. And really quickly, I know Harvey, you had something, something to say, so I'll kick it back to you in a second, but Jason, you mentioned the, the, the term curb cuts. And I think that's what, um, Brian was saying earlier where the, the sidewalk meets the street, um, where there's kind of a divot in the sidewalk kind of like makes like a little ramp into the street, but like when those are blocked, you can't really use the ramp normally. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to jump in and kind of, uh, clarify that term uh, for those who aren't uh, familiar with it but Harvey I know you had something to say um I, I mean I just wanted to chime in and say because where I live I live in the downtown area and mm-hmm. we pay for parking but it's outside like I'm a block over from the from the Bucks arena but anyways when we got all this snow like this last past time like I had to all why well, I didn't I didn't have to but I did I called and I was going to break my lease just because of the fact that they were the way they were shoveling was just ridiculous. So if you park in the back in the parking lot, they would shovel, but then not put ice down. And it would be it, like it's hard for me to push my chair. Of course, whether it's wet outside, wet a snow outside, or if it's ice outside. So then when I complained about it, they shovel the walkways coming up, but the walkways are just a narrow walkway for people to walk. They didn't shovel it wide enough. Cheers. So I had to go back into the office again and tell them that's not wide enough for my chair. I've been living here, what, 11 years. So then they went out and then they tried to make it wider. And I guess they, you know, the person, the people they were paying to do the shoveling, I guess it's, you know, pretty much, I mean, their fault. But the fact that I had to go in and continue to talk to them on more than one occasions about this is just, in general, I don't know how much more we can do as advocates for people with disabilities. But it's just like, still to this day, majority of society doesn't recognize that you have people with disabilities also. And my thing for that is it's just like, if you make it more accessible for people with disabilities, it's more accessible for everybody because who doesn't want more space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And I, I want to kind of get back to that, that idea of like building a, building a society, um, an accessible, like quote, uh, you know, accessible ex- society, um, you know, partly for exactly that reason, Harvey accessible doesn't just like mean for a specific, like 
you know, population is just like that. It's more accessible for everybody. Um, yeah. So the, back at a question for, for everyone, um, when you see snow in the forecast, so like saying, you know, we're recording this on a Friday, say like, Oh, Monday, we're expected to get three to five inches of snow. Um, that's not a real forecast. Don't, <laughs> don't worry. But when you see snow in the no. forecast, what are your first thoughts? My personal first thoughts are, Oh, yay. No one will be able to get around that has uses wheels to get around for a while, whether that be people who use wheelchairs, people who have, uh, you know, strollers or people who take the bus and have like carts, like anything that requires a wheel or some type of assistive technology when it starts to snow. And then ice. I hate ice. <laughs> right. Just generally. Yeah. Ice? Yeah. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, for everyone else here, did Lauren kind of like capture, capture your, your kind of thoughts when you see snow in the forecast or do you see, do you see the situation uh, differently? I'm a homeowner, so I don't have any sidewalks in front of my home, luckily. So typically I try to figure out if I, if it's just going to melt or if I'm going to actually have to shovel. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I live in a place where they just added sidewalks on a street near me, um, which is very nice for me because I have a very small dog that likes to go for walks. However, when it first happened a few years ago, when they first added that sidewalk, um, a lot of the homeowners weren't used to that and they were very resistant to having to clear that that sidewalk because it's a new responsibility for them so but now you know after a couple of years now they're they're pretty good about it there's still a couple of people that resist it but um, they're pretty good for the most part and gotcha. one of my concerns is when it snows is street parking i don't have the best balance and if I have to go downtown or some other places where I have to use street parking, I need to find a good place to park where I can actually get out of my car easy versus having to walk over a snowbank. Mm. So that's my issue. Gotcha. No, uh, Brian, you were you 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 touched on this, and I think um, Harvey and Jason, you touched on this earlier. Um, what has been your experience, kind of dealing with folks whose responsibility it is to keep sidewalk spaces, streets uh, clear, parking spaces clear, um, whether that be you know individual homeowners, uh, uh, you know, or renters, uh, businesses, local governments. Like, what is what is what again? What what has your, been your experience? What has your experience been like? Um, kind of holding people accountable to like doing doing what they're what they're supposed to do as far as um, snow removal. Okay, so this is Brian. Um, I do. I have noticed that it's typically the same businesses, typically the same property owners who aren't really good about snow removal uh, are very resistant to doing it. Um, so. A lot of owners and business owners, homeowners and businesses are pretty good about it. There's just a couple of problem places and you just, we just need to make sure that everything is accessible because all of it isn't. Um, I can just say, I, you know, I've, I've approached a couple of businesses that, and it's supposed to, you're just talking to the employees there. Uh, it's not much they do. And, you know, it's individual homeowners. Um, you know, you can call the city, uh, I guess, but I, I've never, well, they went that far other than uh, just complaining to a business uh, 
play, but easy don't get too far. So just so uh, everyone knows who's listening, uh, uh, I am legally blind, um, so I can't drive. I have to take the bus um, or rely on um, bike paths uh, and my own my own two legs, uh, or my husband to drive me places, um, or my parents who still uh, drive me around. Um, I love them very much, uh, and. Um, I guess, I guess just kind of from the advocacy point of view, um, you know, and someone who does take the bus, uses public transit and the sidewalks and, and all this stuff, the fact that sometimes I have to walk in the street because it's safer yeah. and there are less mountains for me to climb over <laughs> is a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it. It's it really it's it's kind of frustrating because I feel like I mean this trapped feeling that we felt kind of with COVID, um, you know, and that I'm sure that whenever it snows, as you know, Jason and Harvey say, you know, oh yay, I'll be trapped in my house. I have to change all my plans. Like that lasts for however long the snow is encumbering, you know, you. And I feel the same way, like, oh, yeah, I won't be able to really go for a bike ride or really go for a walk, you know, safely until I know there's no ice on the ground or there's no snow piles. It, it, I kind of feel trapped in the winter, to be honest. The only thing I would say to that, I mean, in, in a, I don't, because I don't do a lot of things outside of going to work, go to the gym and come home. One thing that I can say, the gym that I go to is always, always like snow is plowed and it's accessible. I don't have to worry about, you know, getting in there, but it's in Tulsa. And, and it's sad to say that it, it really does make a difference. Like your different, your demographics, like where you live, that the snow is sometimes shoveled better than it is in other places. Yeah. Then you got to ask yourself, why is that? Is it, can we ask ourselves, <laughs> why is that? Well, I mean, the, 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 obvious, the, the obvious answer is, it's just like, okay, because I, I go to the gym in Tulsa. When there, and whenever there's like, like road problems, like potholes and stuff like that, you see that stuff get fixed way faster mm -hmm. than you do when it's in the inner city. And it's the same thing with plowing. You see that it's plowed, but not not personal businesses, but just the streets in general. Yeah, are plowed better. Yeah. You go into like suburban areas or whatever when it comes to, you no, know, I guess they're in the city or whatever. So then you got to ask yourself, well, is that based around who they decide who should go first or whatever? So I don't like to consider or like to think that. Is racism or classism or whatever you want to say, but sometimes it's just like we all pay our taxes, but I do think certain people have priority of other, other uh, over other people. And I kind of just want to follow up on that. When you're watching, you know, looking at different communities, the suburbs in general, the communities that have a little bit more resources, they are able to do the things and make things happen faster 
and they're able to fix things just because they they have the resources. And then there's some communities that just don't have all the resources necessary and it takes them a little bit longer to do what they need to do. And when we have a big city like Milwaukee, obviously a priority has to be, has to be made. Um, and I'm not sure what their process is for that pro- for priorities, but I know the city of Milwaukee has a place on their website where you can res- report snow issues and hopefully people are making use of that. Um, if there is an issue, you know, like they say, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So right. maybe if we complain enough. Thinking back at the last five years or so, this again, question for everyone. But in the last five years or so, what has has there have there been any major changes to um, accessibility generally? I was going to say sidewalk accessibility, but we'll say accessibility generally um, where you live. And and if so, how did those changes come about? So I remember, and I don't know if they they do this still. I remember that Shorewood actually they would shovel the sidewalks. They had the little mini plow. It was actually kind of cute and like I would always see it because I used to live over in Shorewood and I'd like I, like I want to drive it which is really funny because I'm blind and I can't anyway so it was really cute and I always thought wow that's really great because it gets the whole sidewalk they get the curb cuts they do it again after the plows go through but Shorewood is a small enough community where they can do that eventually i don't think now they don't have the funding and they don't do that anymore but like geez would that be awesome Mm -hmm. as if it was the cities if they helped you know like because come on man (laughs) right right and i think with americans with disabilities act they have been improving accessibility issues in general uh with new construction with alterations. So if there's anything that's a permanent fixture, it probably will need an, an improvement. But however, snow is a temporary thing. So there, it's not a permanent fixture. So we can't add that. But again, it's just adding, it's just educating people. You know, when you think it's done, it starts all over again. We just have to keep educating and keep educating and keep educating until they finally do something about it. Well, I was, my next question was going to be like, where do we go from here? And it sounds like starting, it starts with just keep educating, keep educating, keep educating. How, um, and again, question for everyone, what are some action steps that you have for, um, for listeners to take on this issue? So you say like one of the first steps is just like educating, educating, educating. Can you kind of expand upon how, how in, in your experience, how best to do this? How is it just like tell everyone you know and as often as you can and, and that's it? Or is there kind of like, uh, you know, some other something else that you would, you would suggest, Brian? Some communities do have outreach and they do outreach with um, business owners and they do educate them. Um, there's things on the website and people can go check out websites and see things there. Some ordinance are set up. So some cities have required ordinances as far as snow removal. Um, like they have to have it removed within 24 hours after the snowfall. Um, and then there are people that just need to be proactive uh, and they need to talk with property owners. They need to talk with business owners. Um, they need to reach out to their cities. They need to file those complaints. And I mean, we're all getting tired of, you know, fighting the fight over and over and it's easy just to say, oh, forget about it, no deal. 
But it really, what's helpful is the more people that we can have proactive in doing something about it, the better it's going to be and the faster it's going to go away. Thank you. And and I'll, I'll open that up to everyone. So action steps that that listeners can take either to get involved, whether, you know, it can just be like, you know, shovel your sidewalk, like just take care of your own, do it. Um, or, you know, ways to get involved in the, like a advocating um, for, you know, with uh, city government or with businesses, just like, what can, what can people do to get involved and be better, be better residents around this, around this issue? Um, I had a thought um, because it's something that I do just, uh, I have two kids. One is four and one is um, a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I really do try to just teach them about just this basic information and how, and the etiquette that goes around along with them. Like we're on a walk and I said, Hey Theo, which is my son's name while you're riding your bike, ride on the curb cut. And I use the right word, Mm. you know, it's using the right word. Mm. Um, Language matters. It it has always mattered. What we say matters and, and that's kind of how I look at it with my kids. You have to just explain what things are. And if you don't know, don't be afraid to ask. If you don't know uh, Wauwatosa's rules for snow removal, go on the website and find out. Right. If you don't know something, like it, it's not, if you don't, don't be afraid to not know. It, mm. The information is out there. I think, and I don't know how plausible this is, I think when it comes to things like people with disabilities, we can do outreach from my job in certain communities, flyers out. But the biggest way to get people attention, I think if we, there has to be like advertisement to start. Like, so like with the news media, like stuff that's on TV, that's just in people's faces for them to see it. Because we can, we can go and talk to people and then they put out legislation or you can hit these companies up. Just like, just like if, every, if every night, like when the forecast come out, they say it's going to snow. In the midst of them broadcast, they can say, well, you realize everyone, there's people with disabilities who are going to be affected by the snow. So if you can please businesses and so forth, make sure you snow and plow and give them like certain inches like we do for um, sporting events. If you're going to shovel your walkway, make sure this is this wide, 16, 17 inches wide for people who have wheelchairs. Make sure you put down salt. Make sure you shovel the night during the snow, during the day to make sure that it's accessible. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, here's a thought. How about we have shovels that are the proper width? <laughs> what is there a, is there a uh, go to uh, just on your, on, uh, on your point, RV and, and, and your point, Lauren, is there like a good, is, is what, what kind of like width of clearing? Is it just like clear your whole sidewalk? Um, or is it like clear three feet or is there kind of a rule of thumb or is it just kind of like, uh, well, how, how, as much as it would take to get a wheelchair through here? Like my wheelchair personally is 16, 17 inches wide. Okay. This is a manual wheelchair. I'm sure Brian knows the logistics on like how wide it should be. So he should probably be better off answering this question. Sure. 
Most ordinance, if, if I believe this, I believe this is correct, but most ordinances have say that the width of the sidewalk needs to be cleared. What's frustrating is when I see just a narrow pathway shoveled down the middle of it, um, or they use a snow plow that just goes straight or a snowblower that goes straight through and they don't, they don't do the sides. Like they don't go one way and then turn around and come back. They just go in and back up, you know, yeah. that's frustrating. Um, so they need to, like I said, they need to have the width of the sidewalk. The entire sidewalk is supposed to be cleared in the business community. Um, the business districts, they need to be able to have um, people walking back and forth side by side, or, you know, they need to have two-way traffic. So you need to be able to have, you know, it, what happens if you have a, a sidewalk or a pathway that you have shoveled and there's two people using wheelchairs and then they meet each other, they got to be able to get past the other. So yeah. it needs to be cleared. Thank you. And, and of course, Jason, I want to give you a chance to uh, jump in with any um, action steps you have for uh, listeners, either you know, in, to take in their own lives or just to get involved in this issue um, generally. Um, yeah, I just think it's more of a, um, you, you don't really think about it. You know, I mean, some people just don't care, obviously, but I think most of it's people that uh, just don't live life and they don't they don't really have that in the forefront of their mind um i just think uh if you do you approach it with education like educational view instead of like i'm gonna sue you kind of think you're gonna get more um like the old saying more flies with honey uh than you do with vinegar um kind of thing but uh hmm. uh be proactive uh when you when you see um you know a business that it's not doing what they're doing, I you approach them and you know, approach them in a friendly manner. Um, also, um, I do a lot of uh, for my councils, I do a lot of uh, Facebook uh, pages and a lot of blogging. I think that's, that's also a good way to get the word out, uh, too. Mm. And uh, along with Harvey, you know, that's an excellent idea with approaching the media and saying, Hey, can you do a story on this? And you know, it'll reach a lot of people. On social media and just the media in general, if you can uh, approach people that, and government officials, if you can get the people that have the most the most audience, uh, that's the way you got to go. Thank you to Brian Peters, Jason Ostrowski, Harvey Ross, and Lauren Grudzinski for taking time out of your day to talk about how we can be better neighbors. Because I'm a little teary-eyed at this being my last episode, I'll, I'll make this conclusion quick. It's been about three years since I approached Ben about helping out with editing the podcast. I had recently moved to Milwaukee and was looking for a way to learn more about the city. And I cannot thank Ben and Kyle enough for making space on the team for me. Producing this podcast has been one of the most fun and fulfilling projects I have ever been a part of. I've learned so much about Milwaukee and myself through producing episodes like this one, and it is not a hyperbole to say that this podcast really has changed my life. So one last time, I just want to thank the Bridges City team for letting me on. I want to thank you all for letting me into your lives every week or so. And I want to thank each and every guest over the years who is gracious enough to sit down for a conversation about how together we can bridge the city. Bridge the city.